Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Flood Insurance Guru Podcast. My name is Chris Green, your host of the podcast and owner of the Flood Insurance Guru. Today we're going to be talking about what happened when I bought a house in a flood zone. But before we get started on that topic today, remember, if you've got questions about flood insurance, flood zone changes, do you need an elevation certificate? Can you fight your flood zone change? What happens when you have a flood claim? Make sure to visit our website, floodinsuranceguru.com. There you're going to find our learning center where we try to answer all these questions for you. Also, if you like the information you're hearing on this podcast, make sure to leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, so other people can get the same valuable information that you're receiving when it comes to flood education. So let's talk about today's topic, which is what happened when I bought a house in a flood zone? You know, Every day we talk to people who have disaster situations when they're buying a house in a flood zone. Things they wish they knew. Things that they had no idea they had to deal with. So today I'm going to tell you my personal story of what happened when I bought a house in a flood zone. So back in 2012, we were searching for a house. This house just so happened to come up in the market. A street down from where we live. Perfect house. Sits on two acres. It's a two-story Nice front porch. I mean, everything we wanted this house had. So we decided to pursue it and go to purchase the house. Problem is, at the time, we didn't know that it was in a flood zone. We really didn't know that it was in a special flood hazard flood zone. So as we're going through the buying process, we're getting all of our documents in and things like that. We're getting appraisals ready. We're doing home inspections. You know, we found things like termite damage on the home inspection that we got fixed. Then we get about 10 days before closing. And this is when we find out that the property is in what's called a special flood hazard area. So about 10 days from the closing, lender reaches out and says, Hey, you're in a special flood hazard area, which means flood insurance is going to be required. The problem is that your flood insurance is going to be $3,000 a year, which is going to make your debt to income too high. Uh, remember, this debt to income is what loan officers and mortgage banks use when determining how much house you can afford. Well, what happened was that $3,000 basically added $300 a month to our mortgage payment. So, I mean, that would be hard for really anybody to afford. So, I started doing some research, but I have an educational background for mitigation. So, this just didn't sound right because I knew this area and I knew this area generally was not in a special flood hazard area. So I started researching and it just so happened that this flood map had changed about 12 months before we were buying this house. But because of my educational background and doing this research, you know, I went to the local level uh, and looked at compliance. And I was able to show that this house was actually built before the first flood map. So what I was able to do was actually grandfather this house back because we had an elevation certificate of when the house was built. And we could show that this house was built in a preferred flood zone at the time. So what this did is it took the premium from $3,000 to $300. The problem is, in facing this though, when they told us there really wasn't an option, the problem was the mortgage company didn't know what to do, the real estate company didn't know what to do, even the insurance company at the time I worked for, so you you don't have an option, you gotta pay the $3,000. Well, if I wouldn't have fought this, I wouldn't have done this research we probably would have missed out on this house. Or if we could have made things work, we could have paid an extra $300 for flood insurance that shouldn't have been at that level. Now, these type of grandfathering things are really no longer available with risk rating 2.0. 
So these situations may not apply today, but you see also in this situation, the real estate company I talked to, their insurance company, the mortgage company, none of them also knew about private flood insurance. And it was a conventional loan, so I would have been able to do private flood insurance. So this was something else they didn't know about as I'm going through this process, you see. So what I ended up doing is we took this $3,000 to $300. Uh, we actually stayed in this house for about 18 months before we relocated to another state. However, went to sell the house, same problem once again. So what did we do? Well, this is where we came in and did what was called a policy assumption. And that means I transferred my flood insurance policy from myself to a new buyer, keeping them at that $300 rate instead of what it could have been that $3,000 rate. You know, this allowed me to also sell the house a little bit easier because these premiums were less. Once this house got sold, we also ended up doing a letter of map amendment on this property, removing the property from the special flood hazard area back to what was called flood zone X or the lowest flood area. So as you can see, this was a pretty big disaster. And it's the type of disaster that we see property owners face every day. Either they don't know the right questions to ask. They don't know what each flood zone means. Now it's important to know that in today's day with the risk rating 2.0 with the National Flood Insurance Program, flood zones are no longer determine flood insurance rates. So you wouldn't have had the problem that I had back then. Um, also, grandfathering generally is not available anymore. But policy assumptions are still available. So as you're going through this process, you don't want to wait till two weeks before closing to figure this out. You want to do this during your due diligence period. Um, that's really what we didn't do. And it could have put us in a bad situation. So as you're going through this due diligence period, you want to verify, is this property in what's called a special flood hazard area where flood insurance is going to be required? This way you know right away and you can use this as part of your due diligence to back out if you need to. Also, you want to make sure if you're doing conventional USDA, VA, whatever loan other than FHA, that you know your flood insurance options, private, the National Flood Insurance Program. Remember, as we shoot this podcast, FHA still requires the National Flood Insurance Program. So you're only going to have one flood insurance option there. Uh, but these are some things to ask to avoid the disaster that I went through. In fact, this is exactly why we've been helping people avoid these types of flood disasters every day for the last 10 years through our flood education videos, our blogs, and even podcasts like this one. So that's what we wanted to talk about on today's podcast was what happened when I tried to buy a house in a flood zone? What I wish I would have known now that I didn't know then. So that concludes today's podcast. If you've got questions about buying a house in a flood zone, should you buy a house in a flood zone? Or maybe you're selling a property that's in a flood zone and you've got questions about how to minimize that risk. What are the best flood insurance options? You know, how do I create consistent flood premium over the next three, four, and five years? Make sure to visit our website, floodinsuranceguru.com. Remember, we have an educational background flood mitigation, which means we're here to help you simplify flood insurance by putting time and money back into your life. My name's Chris Green, president and owner of the Flood Insurance Guru and this host of this podcast. And I want to say thank you for tuning in to today's episode on what happened when I bought a house in a flood zone.